What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into Deep Dive Fantasy Football. We are going to continue today going over the incoming rookie running backs. We've got actually some nice names. I told you guys that I'm not very excited about the depth at the position this year, especially when you're comparing it to last year. And that still rings true, but I definitely did find some guys that might be taken in the third or fourth round in both rookie drafts and also just the NFL draft straight up that I do have some interest in. So we're not talking on the Antonio Gibson type level like most of you guys know I loved him last year as somebody who was taken pretty late, but he ended up creeping into the back end of second rounds in rookie drafts. But you know what I'm saying. There are some guys definitely worth talking about, definitely some interesting guys here, but still not as deep. We will get into it, but first, of course, Got to give a shout out to the places that help me pull in more information, the Draft Network, Sports Reference, PFF, Pro Football Network. Those are the four that I'm usually reading a lot of articles from, especially when I'm looking at these running backs. And remember, the age that I list for the running backs is how old they will be come September 9th once the NFL season kicks off. So with that said, we are going to get started But before we do, I just want to set the stage for the next podcast episode. So this episode, I'm going to go over, once again, a group of five. And then I've got about eight or nine other guys I want to touch on, but I don't have as much or won't have as much information on these guys as I do on what I've given you so far. And I'm actually going to bring Nate on. So those of you that have listened to the podcast for a while know Nate. I'm going to bring Nate on, and we're going to have conversations about those running backs, as well as some guys that maybe I haven't mentioned yet that he thinks are sleepers. And I'll throw in some sleepers there too. So that's basically what the the outlook is for Friday's upcoming podcast. And with that said, we can go ahead and get started. And my RB6, so I didn't have anybody jump, Michael Carter. Remember, Michael Carter, I was saying he he might get jumped because I was not as impressed as everyone else, but he has not so far. Ramondre Stevenson is my running back six. He is six foot, 246 pounds out of Oklahoma. He will be 23 when the season kicks off. His best season to date, not very impressive. 665 rushing yards for 6.6 yards per carry, 7 rushing touchdowns, 18 receptions for 211 receiving yards, and 0 receiving touchdowns. But this was only in 6 games this year, and his NFL comparison for me is Marshawn Lynch. He runs really strong. He gets stopped a lot, but he keeps churning. A lot of times, it looks like, oh, the play's going to be over. He's like in between two people, and you see his feet moving, but he's not moving, and you think, oh, you know that's done. But just like a lot of runs that Marshawn had, he ends up popping back out of there somehow and keeps going. And that's something that I really, really love about Ramondre Stevenson. I have him way higher. Me having him up here at six, his average ranking is probably outside the top 10 or like right at the back end of the top 10. So I definitely think this is somebody that's not being valued as they should be. He uses his upper body to lay hits, just like once again, Marshawn Lynch. He stays on his feet. He is 245 pounds and it's mind blowing that he is 245 pounds. He does not move like it. If you just watch him, you're thinking probably watching the guy, he's 225, maybe 230. He's 245 
when he was moving. And I was just completely, completely amazed by that. And I had to like double check. I actually looked multiple places to make sure I wasn't just getting bad information. And yeah, everyone said 245. So I was very impressed there. He's got good patience. He knows how to utilize his stiff arm. He can play very tough, but he can also make people miss. And that's not something he does often, but he does have the ability. He shows the ability is there. He can catch well. He's not going to be like a receiver type of guy. He's not going to be running routes or anything like that, but he can be fine for dump offs, kind of like Marshawn was. He was never a guy with like 40 receptions, but he was always in that, you know, decent reception range for fantasy where at least you're getting some points and he's good enough to stay on the field for third downs. Now, Ramondre Stevenson might not be on the field for third downs, especially where he's going to get drafted. He's probably going to be just like a one-two punch back. But if he lands somewhere nice, I really like his potential for fantasy. He's got good burst with his size. He's really good at navigating a crowd, kind of like what I was talking about earlier. And he might run a sub 4-6. If he runs a sub 4-6, that is insane considering this guy's size. Now, he has dropped weight since then. I believe he's at like 227. That's what he weighed in at the uh, pro day or the senior bowl. But still, he's probably he might get himself back up in weight. And if not, if he stays at 227, he's I'm sure he's still going to be fine. He's still going to be strong. He's a guy who's built well. So I like him nevertheless, whatever he ends up doing with his weight. But what are some things that he could improve on? So he should probably not go all the way back to 245 because although he played well with it, it's probably not something that's going to be sustainable over you know, multiple years. So I actually like him better if he stays in this like 230, 235 range. That's probably where he will be best. He will be a little bit faster as well from his 245 size. It's usually just how it works when somebody loses weight. They're a little faster. His lack of production is another knock. He only had 134 carries in college, but honestly, I'm not worried about that. He had Trey Sermon on his team, and then he only played six games this year. So he's had some you know, different contingencies, different things that have played into the fact that he doesn't have that much, much production. He's not super elusive, but guys... Who else was not super elusive? Marshawn Lynch. So once again, not too worried about it. And he will get caught from behind. He's not like a breakaway speed type guy. But if you're looking at everything I've said, it, you can understand my comparison for Marshawn Lynch. And you'll understand even more if you just throw some highlights on even and watch this guy. Because that's what he looks like, what kind of potential he holds. So what's the fantasy takeaway? Well, first off, I finally found a running back that will go late that I really like and I have no problem endorsing. You would never guess he's 245 watching him. His athleticism with that weight is extremely impressive. He reminds me of the no-nonsense power runner type that gets things done and just keeps on turning beast mode himself. So, while we've talked about his weight, his athleticism, all those things, where Ramondre will go in drafts is going to be a huge deal. The higher he gets picked, the higher the draft capital is, the more likely that he sees the field and gets opportunity. Also, wherever he goes, you got to look at that running back room and see, does he fit what they need? And is it possible for him to get on the field? Now, we can also look at what he did in the Senior Bowl to help us understand a fantasy takeaway. And that's the fact that once he dropped to 227, he started doing some routes when they were doing running back routes. He made the linebackers look pretty dumb. He did it twice. He did it on a slant route and he did it on a flat to the sideline. So that's another plus. He's showing that he does actually have the ability to run a few different routes and be effective in the pass game. 
So let's hope he can find his way. I have two spots that I would love for Ramondre Stevenson. I'm looking at either Buffalo or Seattle, but Seattle only if Chris Carson leaves. Now, his ideal fit, and this is why I like these two teams, his ideal fit in my mind is a team that can run the ball because they can have leads. So a team that's not going to be behind a lot, that's going to be able to control the clock at times, but they need to be able, need to be a team that can keep the defense honest with the threat of a deep passing game. You look at Buffalo, you look at Seattle, Russell Wilson with Metcalf and Lockett, and Josh Allen with John Brown, who is a free agent, so he might not be there. But Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, all those guys in Buffalo, both of those have great deep games, deep passing games, so it's going to keep defenses honest, and it's going to give a very good opportunity for a rusher like Ramon J. Stevenson to produce. So those are two awesome landing spots for him. I like him a lot. And then next up is Jarrett Patterson, 5'9", 195 from Buffalo. He will be 21 when the season kicks off. His best season to date was also 2020 in six games, 1,072 yards for an average clip of 7.6, 19 rushing touchdowns. He was the guy that had some insane like eight rush touchdown game. He's got really good burst. He's nifty, flexible. He shifts well in crowds. He shakes bad tackles. He's really good up the middle. And and that's something that is a little bit different with him and the person I compared him to. But it was tough for me to come up with an NFL comparison. So I kind of went with a like similar play style in terms of a scat back and also height weight. So I went with James White. James White is my comparison for Jarrett Patterson. But going back to his props, he shakes bad tackles pretty well. You know, he lets people roll off of him. He's good up the middle. He has good footwork. He protects the ball. He's got good hands. He can have a receiving role. It's not going to be, once again, a Camara or McCaffrey or Mixon. Not even Mixon, what we hoped for Mixon, but not what he's actually been deployed as. And he, he's not going to have that receiver type where he's going out running routes. He will be like a James White. Maybe he'll come out the slot every once in a while. And he's going to get a lot of dump offs, hopefully, depending on where he goes. But that's something that speaks to the potential he has for fantasy because he could become a 50 reception, 60 reception dump off running back that's still getting 8 to 10 carries. So that's something that I really like. He's got that scat back type role written all over him. I almost went with Tariq Cohen before I thought of James White, but Tariq Cohen is a little bit different as a runner. Jarrett Patterson is more tough. Tariq Cohen is more like try to make you miss. So that's why I didn't really like that comparison very much. So that's why I went with James White. But that's what I got for props and then some knocks for Jarrett Patterson. He didn't face that much competition in college, you know, not playing very good defenses. He does not have very good top end speed. So he's got some good bursts, like we talked about earlier. Not great bursts. He's got some good bursts, but he's not able to completely separate from people. Usually, you know, I think in the NFL, he's going to have trouble because usually in college, he's beating people out in his runs by just a yard or two yards. And he's getting caught all of those times in the NFL. So, like I said, not much competition, not much top end speed. He's got lower carry volume potential due to his size. So, in the NFL, he's not going to be a guy who's pulling in 12, 15, 20 carries. He's going to be that 8 to 10 carry guy. Maybe if he lands in a situation that is so desperate, has no running backs, maybe he'll pull in 12, 13 carries. But he's not going to be somebody that's going to get a huge workload on the ground. So, he needs that scat back role. He needs that James White type receiving role to be really good for fantasy 
He's also not a great pass blocker. He has a low ceiling to do so. So even if he develops his technique, he still will never be a great pass blocker because of his build being so small. And lastly, his change of direction suffers a bit because he's really good with his feet and his footwork is great. It helps him in his running and everything. But the one thing that suffers, sorry, my dog is barking in the background. It's kind of distracting. Um, the one thing that makes him suffer is when he's trying to change direction, he takes too many steps. Instead of a bop-bop and a change of direction, it's a bop-bop-bop-bop, bop-bop-bop-bop. It's like a shuffle. And sometimes he needs to just plant his foot and change direction. So that's what I got here on Jarrett Patterson. And for the fantasy takeaway, there's a place that I think would be great for him. That's Tampa Bay. I kind of already went over what I expect, what I think would be good for him, the 8-10 to 10 carry range with the 3-4 to four receptions a game. But Tampa Bay would be a great spot because Ronald Jones will be, will be gone in a year. So will Leonard Fournette, I'm assuming. I don't think he's going to sign a multi-year contract with Tampa Bay if he stays. So we're looking at a situation where him and maybe Kashawn Vaughn, if he ends up being okay, would be the one-two punch there. And Jarrett Patterson would be getting all the receiving work. Or maybe Kashawn Vaughn's not even really trustworthy and they don't even like him that much. And then Jarrett Patterson ends up getting some good work on first and second down as well. So that's a perfect spot for him. And it'll be easier to pick him up in rookie drafts because that would be a crowded room for just one year. And then in Dynasty, you're looking obviously at his whole rookie contract. So he would have three years there without really anybody unless he ends up not being good and gets replaced. So I really like Jarrett Patterson as well. I don't like him as much as everybody else does. A lot of people like to sneak him in at like running back five. I think he's fine at like running back seven. I don't like him as much as everyone else, but he does have potential as somebody in the draft, depending on where he goes, that he could be good for fantasy. So with that said, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to go over my last three in our five group discussion. What's up, divers? Do you enjoy a good workout like me? Do you grind in the gym trying to get built? If so, then you probably know working out is only half the battle with the other half being nutrition. Well, luckily, you can go to BuiltBar.com and get protein bars, 100% daily vitamin packs that mix into your water. I use that all the time. Tastes great. You can get caffeine and protein mixed into one as a pre-workout gel pack. And all of these things help you turn your hard work in the gym into visible results. I use these products myself and they are great. And I also have a promo code that helps both of us save 10% off with Deep Dive. That's Deep Dive to save 10% off at BuiltBar.com and on any of their products. And my favorite energy protein pack flavor, by the way, if you want to go that route, is the peanut butter honey. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, take a second to pause the podcast right here. That's right. Pause it right here. And drop me a rating or review. And if you're feeling super generous, you can choose to support the podcast monthly through the link on the episode page or found in the website podcast section. With that being said, as you know, let's get back to the content. All right, guys, welcome back in. Took care of the dogs too, so that's cool. Won't be distracted anymore. Running back eight is Trey Sermon for me. He is 6'1", 215, big dude, Ohio State. He will be 22 when the season starts. His best season to date 870 rushing yards for an average of 7.5 and four rushing touchdowns. Receptions, 12 for 95 yards, zero touchdowns. This was all in eight games in 2020. My NFL comparison for him is A.J. Dillon. He's got size. He's got strength. He's got toughness. He's really good at protecting the ball. Per pro football focus, he had over 500 touches, only three fumbles. And when he was at 423 carries, 
He had zero fumbles on the carries. Decent speed, good vision. He can finish well. He falls forward. He chugs forward. He's always trying to get those extra two, three yards, which is great. He has a good stiff arm, and he's also really good at blocking, which is good because that means he has a better chance of seeing the field, and that's something very important for guys that are taken late at the running back position. Per Pro Football Focus, 241 pass block snaps, 9 quarterback pressures allowed, and 1 sack. So in 241 snaps, there was only a negative play 10 times in his pass blocking. So that is very good. That's a very good sign that he will see the field and get an opportunity. So that's something that's really good and you need to keep in mind for Trey Sermon. Now some knocks. He's not super shifty, like A.J. Dillon, not a good receiver, not too good with balance, not great at creating much. He's, you know, not going to be making somebody miss with a spin or a cutback and getting eight more yards and making another juke. He's not that type of guy. And he's also really not great at anything in particular. I count counted that as a knock just because... He is strong, he is tough, he's got good speed, he'll run people over, but he's not like a beast at it. He's not Derrick Henry. He's not going to excel to the point where his deficiencies don't really matter because he's so good at what he does. He's not to that level. So that's kind of why I counted it as a knock because he's not really a complete running back and what he is good at, he's not great at it. So that's why I counted that as a knock. And my fantasy takeaway for a guy like Trey Sermon is that He's going to be a first and second down back, possibly. Maybe he'll see third downs just because he's a good blocker, but if so, it's probably going to be in two running back sets, so he's not going to get much receptions. So you're looking at a guy here that has a low ceiling and a low floor because he doesn't have the receiving, and that's just how it is in today's NFL with how many good running backs we have at catching the ball, especially from the recent classes that have come in. So, And this class is actually very loaded with receiving running backs so they're not loaded overall as you guys have heard me say a bunch of times but most of the running backs at the top are very good with their hands so that's also going to hurt Trey Sermon a little bit so he's going to be somebody that's going to take carries for a team that hopefully has good zone blocking that's probably where he's going to be best and outside of the big three running backs beside besides maybe Kenneth Gainwell he's just like everyone else landing spot dependent so the trend continues here for Sermon. We got to look at the landing spots and stuff, but you guys know what type of running back he is, what he fits best, which once again is a team looking for a strong back on first and second downs and somebody that can pass block well, not looking for a receiver, not looking for somebody that's super shifty. That's going to be a good place for a guy like Trey Sermon. Maybe Seattle could be a good landing spot. Maybe the 49ers could be a good landing spot because they've got plenty of the shifty type of guys with hands. So we'll see where he goes, but that's my running back eight. And so obviously we have two more, and running back nine is Jamar Jefferson. He is 5'10", 217. Everyone loves this dude. I'm not really sure why. Oregon State, he'll be 21 when the season starts. So many guys are like, Jamar Jefferson is the sleeper in this class. He is the running back sleeper. He is... Yada, 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 yada. First off, guys, he's not a sleeper if everyone except for me says he's a sleeper. I'm, I seem to be the only person that is not huge on Jamar Jefferson. Everybody else seems to like him. So maybe this will end up being one of my misses, or maybe I'm going against the grain here and it's going to work out. And I'm not doing it just to go against the grain. I really just don't see what everyone sees with Jamar Jefferson. His best season to date was this year, 858 rushing yards for an average of 6.5 
yards per carry, seven rush touchdowns, and then nine receptions, 67 receiving yards, zero receiving touchdowns. His NFL comparison for me, this is kind of just a joke, but I also couldn't think of any specific player. <laughs> but his, his NFL comparison for me is a Jaguar. Why? Because he's just a guy. He's a Jag. All right, he's got decent speed. He's got good vision. He's got good field vision. So when he's running after he's, you know, past the line, because usually when somebody just says good vision, they're talking about finding a crease, right? So good, good field vision is after you find a crease, once you're to the second level, how do you navigate defenders? How do you use your blockers downfield? So he's good at that. He's got good field vision. He uses his blockers well, and he's pretty young. He's 20 years old right now. I think I didn't write it down. I'm pretty sure his birthday is in March. So he's going to turn 21 here soon, but he's not 21 yet. So he'll be one of the youngest running backs in this class. Now, what about his knocks? He's not a good tackle breaker. Something that I, I don't, these are the things that make me not understand why everyone likes him. Okay. Cause I like his vision, both behind the line and past the line. And I like that he uses his blockers and that's about it. That's all I really see with him. So unless he's in like a perfect situation, I don't really understand how he's going to be productive at all in the NFL. So why? Because I don't think he's a good tackle breaker. He bends to avoid contact. And I want you to try to visualize what I'm saying here. So when he's running, right, to avoid contact, instead of cutting, instead of cutting the opposite direction of where the person's coming from, instead of, you know, hitting them with a stop to make them blow by right in front of you, or trying to layer his speed and speed up and slow down and speed up and slow down to get defenders to stumble or anything like that. Instead of doing those things to avoid contact, he or making a cut at all in the opposite direction or anything. He just bends his body. So he's running, and if somebody's on his right side, he bends his hips. He, like, shifts his hips to the left side and kind of, like, bends his midsection to the left, right, to try to avoid contact. And it works sometimes, which is ridiculous. It works sometimes, but it's because of the level of competition he's playing against. He's not playing against guys that are good tacklers. He also, when he does get touched, doesn't do much after. He gets ankle tackled a lot. He has poor contact bounce. He gets hit and he falls. He doesn't get hit and stay on his feet very often. And once again, he's not even playing very good defenders. I just don't understand why everyone likes this guy. Um, so I'm not trying to like throw shade on him. I mean, he's got good vision and stuff and he might be okay. I think he's just going to be a serviceable backup in the NFL. But the guys that think this is a sleeper, who if he goes to Atlanta or goes to Arizona or something like that is going to be awesome for fantasy and produce great numbers. I, I'm not buying it. I'm not, you know, like if we're thinking Shark Tank, I'm out. I'm out on this one because he's going to get way overdrafted. If he goes, I'm telling you right now, if he goes to Atlanta, Arizona, like a place that, and that's obviously if Arizona doesn't sign Kenyon Drake, if he goes somewhere that clearly needs a running back and he gets taken in like the third round, everyone is going to be taking him way too high in rookie drafts. He will be going between 110 and 203. That is way too high. I would not take him above with what I know so far. I obviously haven't dove into the receivers yet, but I know it's a really deep class. I probably would not take Jamar Jefferson any higher than maybe like 206, 207. And that's if he lands in a really nice spot, which is probably like, you know, it's a 50-50. We don't know where he's going to land. So he's going to get drafted way too high. And I'm just not about it. You know, I like Ramondre Stevenson more. He's going to go behind Jamar Jefferson in drafts. I like Trey Sermon more. He's going to go behind Jamar Jefferson in drafts. Trey Sermon and him are actually kind of like neck and neck. I don't really care. Jarrett Patterson, I definitely like more than Jamar Jefferson. He's going to go behind him in drafts. So this guy's not going to see any of my teams. All his 
good plays are well blocked or poor tackle attempts. Like all of his good plays in college were either, hey, I'm going to try and tackle you and I suck and I just barely touch you or everyone on his team is just blocking amazing and there's just great holes. He gets tripped up way too easily. I told you how he gets ankle tackled a lot. His long runs in college probably are not going to translate to the NFL because he's not super athletic. His profile suggests that he won't get receiving work. He's not too good at it. So you're looking at somebody with good vision that's not going to be a good receiver and can't do much to avoid tackles and can't do much to break tackles. Is not, you know, very good with contact balance or anything. So I'm looking at someone who's going to get overdrafted. Plain and simple. So what's his fantasy takeaway? NFL success, super dependent on the situation, as has been the case for most of the people we've talked about to this point because of the class. But he's also likely to just be a change of pace back. Without receiving upside, I have no interest in that, especially with how everyone views him. So that's my RB9. And my RB10 is Chuba Hubbard, six foot, 208 pounds, Oklahoma State, best season, 2000, this is 2019, 2094 rushing yards, 6.4 average, 21 rush touchdowns, 23 receptions, 198 receiving yards, zero receiving touchdowns. So that's 21 touchdowns in 13 games in 2019 with just over, no, just under 2,300 total yards. He is basically an airplane. That is my comparison. And you might be like, Brandon, you're being lazy. Brandon, you're trying to be funny. Brandon, like you're just fooling around. No, I'm not. Uh, and I'll explain it. It's a perfect comparison. Trust me. But we'll talk about props and knocks first. So some things that he does well. He's a one-cut runner. He doesn't waste time. He's got really good bursts. He's got great long speed. He is a track star. He goes north to south off the one cut. He does not fool around. He doesn't go side to side. He doesn't waste time. He gets positive yards most most of the time unless he's getting stopped behind the line. But he's not like going backwards to try and find a big home run play. He's got good vision. That's about it. His knocks, little contact balance, right? If he gets hit, he's falling. He's not very shifty. He can't make people miss. He's not a great catcher. He doesn't pass block well. He's got a smaller frame. He's a bit skinny. If you look at him, he's a bit skinny. And he's not good. And he's a bit skinny right now, right? He's like a track star. Everything he does well is speed. So if he wants to survive in the NFL, he's going to need to put on muscle. When he adds weight, you know what he's going to diminish his best attribute speed he'll still be super fast but it's gonna get a little bit worse he's not good through contact and he needs a strip for takeoff which segues us into the perfect nfl comparison he needs a strip for takeoff he needs a nice wide open lane for him to get going and like i said you might hear oh your nfl comparison is a plane you're being lazy or or you're dumb or you're trying to be funny I challenge you by saying that's the perfect comparison because what does a plane need for takeoff? A clear path, like Chuba Hubbard. What can planes do well? Fly, a.k.a. go fast, just like Chuba Hubbard. What happens when something like a missile, which is small relative to the size of the plane, right? Something really small hitting a plane. What happens when that occurs? The plane goes down, just like a hand on Chuba Hubbard. Somebody touches him. Juba Hubbard's going down. He's not good through contact. Can a plane catch? No. Well, guess what? Neither can Chuba Hubbard. Can a plane block? No. Guess what? Neither can Chuba Hubbard. Analysis complete. Carry on. Oh, actually, here's one more for you. Are plane tickets expensive right now? No, they're not. Why? Because of COVID, right? 2020, cheap plane tickets. 2019, 
plane tickets were way more expensive. Well, guess what? Best season for Juba Hubbard was 2019, and his draft stock was viewed as he's a back end of the first, definitely, at worst, a second-round player in the NFL draft. And then 2020 happens, and boom, his stock went down, just like the price of plane tickets. There we go. Now the analysis is complete. In regards to fantasy, you have a two-down back here that is a home run or bust player and needs good blocking. No thank you. The only place that he can land that I might find interest is if he goes to Pittsburgh, but then that also depends on how highly he was drafted, and and that's assuming that they can get some stuff going in the receiving game because if they're just stacking boxes versus him, he's not going to do much. So that wraps it up. That is my RB10. The guys we're going to be going over next time is Kylan Hill, Javian Hawkins, Jermaine Martin, Garrett Dokes, Elijah Mitchell, Trey Regis, Larry Roundtree, Torrance Marable, otherwise known as CJ Marable or Marable, I don't know how to say it yet, and Khalil Herbert. So those are going to be the guys that I'm looking at specifically, and then I might find some more that I throw in there. Like I said, we're going to be going over more, more guys because I'm not going to spend as much time on each guy. And I'm also going to have Nate, so he'll probably throw in some names that I don't have noted down yet. But with that said, thanks guys for tuning in. I know uh, these episodes now are about 30 minutes. Uh, I hope you guys are liking them. They're you know quick and succinct. So that's the wrap-up on the five guys. Just t- to recap, we've got Ramondre Stevenson, six foot, 246 pounds from Oklahoma. Then we have Jared Patterson, 5'9", 195 from Buffalo. Then we have Trey Sermon, 6'1", 215 pounds, Ohio State. Germar Jefferson, 5'10", 217 pounds, Oregon State, very overvalued. And then lastly, we have Chuba, Chuba Hubbard for 6'2", 208 pounds from Oklahoma State. There was my uh, super Arab accent because I am half Egyptian. And, um, you know, there you go. That's, that's the wrap-up. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, drop a review if you haven't. It means a lot. Helps the, uh, helps the podcast a lot. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Peace. Thank you.